Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. Oh. I think he's playing board games, but uh, don't right. quote me on that. Running the boards is Joey D. I am here. On today's show, we will talk about the DLC of some of the cooler games that are out there right now with Gareth Von Kallenbach. Michael Keaton's going to return as Bruce Wayne. What? And I got some 90s movies facts that you may or may not know. And of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just search for us by searching for BJ Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes to find us. Exactly. And let's get right into that video. Video gaming because, I mean, if you're going to be staying at home and staying safe, the best thing to do is, well, play tons of video games or watch tons of shows. And so we've got, maybe you've beaten the games that you've already wanted to play and you're just waiting for that DLC. Well, Gareth and I, we discuss some of that. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed, that is SKNR.net, and we talk about all sorts of things, and you can find out so much information about comic books, movies, television shows, and of course, video games. And one of the big things about video games is always that DLC, the downloadable content. And we got some stuff going on right now, don't we? Yeah, it's been a great week for it, because it went from being fairly quiet, I was kind of... To be honest, I was kind of up to date on all my gaming. There was, um, you know, a couple of uh, indie games and that sort of thing and I, that I was assigning to other people. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, boom, three big things dropped on me, and now I've got more than <laughs> enough to keep me busy. Uh, what's the first one? Okay. The first one we got was a new one from Zombie Army 4. This is the Deeper Than Hell uh, expansion. Now, <laughs> what they've done is they kick out a new episode every uh, couple of months. So this is the third one. Now, they're, they're saying that this is it and so on and so forth. But at the bottom of the page, it clearly says, look here for future DLC. So <laughs> I think what they're trying to say is, current storyline that they've been continuing with this will conclude with this one but they may open up another one or do standalones going forward we haven't heard on that and we're waiting for clarification uh they're a lot harder than the, the base game i was playing one just a little while ago and i thought i was near the end of it and i got taken out right near the end and oh, man. so my option is to either lower it down to uh the basic uh, difficulty letting a setting instead of leaving it on default or wait until I can find a couple of other people uh, that can go in and play with me as a team and finish it off. But it's very clever because they always do the chapters with kind of like the old style movie cards. And oh, nice. uh, that's how it, the screen loads up. You go in and of course, anybody who's played zombie army games know what to expect. Wave after wave of the undead, you've got your sniper rifle. You can have either a machine gun, a shotgun, your pistol, you can mod them out with all sorts of things. You can pick up explosives, but, you know, again, it's wave after wave after wave of non-ending people. And no matter how many traps you set, they are always coming at you from all sides. And so it's definitely <laughs> a, uh, a frantic time. And, yeah. you know, I, I can tell you're playing it solo. It, it's funny because I can play a lot of the core games solo. 
get no problem with the first DLC, but the last two DLCs have been much more challenging to play solo. So I, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds it sounds stressful. A finding people, but then also playing the game. <laughs> oh, I, I was I, I was taken down on the last one, and I re- I remember I was just so frustrated, and then all of a sudden a guy dropped into the game ran over and revived me and we finished the level. Oh, like, nice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Moving on from that, from Zombie Army, we got Division 2. And now, uh, now how is that going to go with the DLC? Okay, so what they did was a few months back, they put out a paid expansion called the Warlords of New York. And what it did was it created a whole new campaign uh, went took people back to New York City, okay. and the object was there was a rogue agent, who, f- former division agent, who's got a team of former agents, and they're causing all kinds of problems. So you had to complete various missions to find the one that gave, take them out, that gave you the clue to go on to the next one, move all the way up, and take out the big guy. So you get to it, you're done, you think everything's great, and then in the cutscene you find out there were other agents working in tandem with them. And that's how the DLC went. So what they would do is they would make one available, and you would have to do a series of missions, and it's usually uh, taking down, say, four or five, six control points, uh, repeating a couple of the missions, and then usually doing a couple of bounty missions. And then once you get that done, you are able to take on the boss. And once you get the boss out of the way, then it is essentially the clues for the next one, and they make the new one available two weeks later. So you roughly have about two weeks or so to complete the mission. Some people power through them in a little over a day, and others take it out. But you have two weeks to get the mission done. Then the next one pops up. Hmm. Same thing repeats. And then when you finally get the fourth of the lieutenants as they were, they do let you immediately after them go directly for the big boss. So we took down those four and the new boss, all five. That was it. And, of course... Oh, no, 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 no. There was another five sitting around here, and that's where we... And I'm like, I'm like, just... What was the vetting process on the division here? If we've got... It's like, let's see. We're now at 15 former rogue agents since this outbreak. It's like, Come on, man. They need something to do. (laughs) So where we're at with the new one is just a brand new one, and we're, of course... Have to take them out in two weeks. We'll get the next one. Two weeks after that, the next one. Two weeks after that, we get the next one, and then the big boss. And then so beyond that, we don't know if they're going to come up in a few, a couple more months and say, "Hey, you know what? Uh, <laughs> By the way, <laughs> or they, you know, or is that going to be it? Or are they going to just throw a real curve to the wall? Because like, as you remember in the core game, out just when you thought you were done, mm-hmm. here's this. You know, here's this paramilitary group, Black Tusk, that comes rolling out. Yeah, of course. So we don't know what they're doing, but the pattern has been take down these four and take out the boss, and it looks like that's what's repeating. Oh, interesting. I love that. Uh, finally, Borderlands 3, more DLC, or is this the old one? Uh, no, brand new one. Belly oh, wow, okay. Blood, and uh, it is... Uh, as you might guess, it's a Western theme. Yeah. And we've been hearing lots of humorous things about um, what to expect. It is rolling out now, actually. It started up the day before. Uh, so what you basically have is you take your characters, you go out, and as you know with the DLC, they try to mix it up a bit. The first one for Borderlands 3 was the Handsome Jack's Casino, which mm-hmm. was 
you know, a, a great amount of fun. And then the second one, they kind of went with that Lovecraftian horror wedding themed one that was a little bit of everything. You mm-hmm. had like tentacled demons, so on and so forth. This time out, they're going for a straight Western. But of course, you know, it's going to have all the Borderlands humor in it. And I'm really curious to see what goes on. Obviously, there'll be new weapons. There'll be new uh, places to go. There'll be new bosses, um, new enemies. And, of course, you'll see all kinds of uh, familiar characters from the series popping back up as they do. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. And I'm really curious to see how, you know, taking on your... um, Iron Bear, if you have that character, is going to be in this. We've been told there'll be some interesting vehicles. I haven't uh, got to that point yet, but I'm really oh. curious. Instead of having the buggy or anything, if there's going to be a mechanized horse or something like that, or if there's going to be a train, because <laughs> as you know, coach? Borderlands 2 had a train. Am I going to, you know, are we going to call in Tina and try to blow up a safe or something? I mean, there's <laughs> all sorts of possibilities, so I'm really curious what they have in store for us. Well, I mean, it's going to be the Wild West, but it's definitely also going to be the Weird West. Gareth, thank you so much, man. Again, Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Review. That's SKNR.net. Get all information and more from there, and uh, thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Thank you, Gareth, and I'm excited about the Borderlands 3 stuff. I've I, I haven't completed the game because I always get stuck on side quests and stuff like that, and I'm just like that on that end. But uh, I do love the DLC that they've had with all of that as well. Uh, moving on, this was kind of interesting, and I mentioned it in the intro, that Michael Keaton is in talks to play Batman again. What? Kind of. How old is Michael Keaton? Oh, uh, well, let's see. He played Batman 30 years ago. Whoa. Um, so 30, and he ha- he wasn't young then either. That's what I thought. So I don't know at all, but I mean, I would have to, I'm going to- 68. Okay, I was going to say around 65 or so. Like, I knew he would be in his 60s. Can 70-year-old Batman still kick ass? I don't know. I mean, he did in Batman Beyond. Well, Keaton is in talks to play Bruce Wayne Mm. in the upcoming Flash movie starring Ezra Miller. Okay, so maybe he won't be necessarily fighting, but he might be like a kind of- Counterparts? It's not clear if he's going to suit up as Batman, but there's talks that he could appear in several DC movies, acting as sort of a mentor or guide to the superheroes like Sam Jackson's Nick Fury in the Marvel movies. Oh, weird. For some reason, I thought he'd be going evil, but I guess no. No, when, what I'm thinking of is the fact that it, recently in the C-Dub, they did the Flashpoint. And they've done the multiverse sort of thing as well. And, I mean, even uh, Marvel is doing the multiverse sort of thing on that. And it's kind of a way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even the Spider-Verse, too. So many different parts about that. Um, I think it's a way just to kind of get different actors to do some sort of things. I would love to see every single Batman actor one way or another, even if it's just a little peek or, Mm -hmm. like, a picture like and I mean go deep. Like I want to see Will Arnett. <laughs> I want to <laughs> see Leo Batman. Yes, <laughs> I want to see Mark Hamill. Like just either pop in in some way or another. Yeah, just oh that would be awesome. all those different things. Um, yeah, so it looks like it's going to be something along the lines, especially since it time travels in the multiple universes. Um, I think that if you're going to have an older Bruce Wayne as a mentor role, and BJ or Vicky, you brought this up to me, mm-hmm. uh, was Batman Beyond. Yeah, they could do something along those lines. 
where it was Batman or Bruce Wayne was too old to take up the mantle. And he trains a young ward. Yeah, exactly. And so you can do something along those lines, and I think that would work out okay. That's way better than the image I had in my head from the Ben Affleck Superman versus Batman, where yeah. Flash comes in for a second, and he's on the like table, and he wakes up. He's like, what was that? And I was like, because that's the only time I've seen the Batman and the Flash together. And yeah, and I know that Robert Pattinson is going to be the Batman uh, so I could see him being taking up the mantle and maybe Ben Affleck's Batman, maybe Bru- that Bruce Wayne like dies or something. Ooh. And then they're like, well, we've got, you know, we've got wish version of Bruce Wayne over here who can maybe mentor you a little bit on that and just kind of see where that goes. Uh, I think that having him doing that would be a lot of fun. Plus, it says they're also going to acknowledge his uh, first, the first two Batman movies with all of this as well. Do you guys know the villain that the Flash fights that Batman would know how to defeat? Because Batman always has all the the things to beat people, plans, and all that. I don't know. Like, I don't know Flash villains that well. Well, there's Captain Cold, uh, Gorilla Grodd, which I always think that's funny. Captain Boomerang. Trickster, Thinker, Ming the Merciless. Ming the Merciless. Captain Boomerang. Hunter yeah. Zolomon. <laughs> like, I know, like, Zoom, who is basically the anti-Flash because he w- made everything else slow down as opposed to going super fast. But I don't really know what's going on with all of it. And, I mean, if any other Geek Nationals know about that and could let us know how Batman could help in that aspect, I'm thinking, though, it's going to be, like, a small cameo-type role to lead him into the greater DC Extended Universe. I guess they're still working on that since they're making this movie? Yeah, hmm. yeah, I don't know. But uh, it's still interesting in any other aspect. Uh, let us know how you feel about Michael Keaton coming back and if you feel that he should uh, don the bat suit. Oh, man, should he have, like, the old the old bat suit that he wore or should it be an updated one? I feel like it needs to be in the background at least in one of those glass cases. Yeah. And just look at it and kind of scoff like, I couldn't even move my neck. <laughs> I kind of want it to be a gigantic cybernetic bat suit that like moves for him and everything. Oh, jeez, <laughs> like so worse cool. than the Superman bat armor. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Side note: I do have to say, totally random, but kind of on topic. So I googled Flash villains, right? And so they gave me the information: Flash and all the people that have played the Flash, mm-hmm. like Urza Miller, um, obviously, like. Josh Keaton, who did the Justice League and the vo- like, the voice of him, and then there was a oh. Jimmy Bennett, and it also says he was in Daddy, like he played him like in Daddy Daycare. I thought it was just saying that he played in Daddy Daycare, and I'm looking back and I'm trying to find out who is this guy? Who is this guy? He legit played a character who would wear the Flash costume and think he was the Flash, and they included him <laughs> in actors who have played the Flash, and I thought that is adorable. It's like Alan Tudyk. It was just like you know he played you know Steve the pirate in Dodgeball, but he was actually a pirate. So we're going to count that in all of our lists of pirate yes. movies. Like all the pirate character. Yeah. Act, that, I was just, really, that's so funny. <laughs> the greatest person to wear the Flash costume is a Simpsons character, comic book guy, who had the best line, no one can defeat the Flash as he fell into a pothole. <laughs> it was one of my favorite scenes from that show. Oh my goodness, that's hilarious. Oh, or uh, I think the other one is when uh, Big Bang Theory, where they all show up wearing the Flash costume. 
like, oh man, I wanted to be the Flash. They all four showed up in Flash well, you costume. you can. I mean, it's, now that you start dancing, you have yourself a Flash dance. And uh, oh gosh, you could dance if you want to. <laughs> all right, nope. this is going off the rails. Uh, you know what? I'm actually going to hold off on the uh, behind the scenes about '90s movies because it's going to take way too long to, for us to get through. And you know what? To be perfectly honest, it's time for us to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on? So. I love finding out things like, for example, you can have one F word in a PG-13 movie. Yes. But it can't be referring to the act of lovemaking. (laughs) All right, then. And that was kind of an interesting thing, too, and I hope I'm not stepping on it. Are you talking about Hamilton? No, actually, but I was going to bring that up. Okay, yeah, exactly, because they had to drop, because Hamilton has three F-bombs in it, uh, and they had to drop it down to one Mm -hmm. so they could put it on Disney+. Plus. But, like, if you remember, I think X-Men First Class, we had a mini cameo with Wolverine, and he tells him to F off. Yeah, right at the end. <laughs> I, I was in the movie theater like, yes! <laughs> but apparently throughout movie history, uh, there have been ways that whether directors or whoever found sneaky ways to beat the censors. Really? There's one that's really messed up, and I'm going to... Try to say it. Okay. Um, I'm gonna add, like change up the words, obviously, because I think that'll be funny. Oh, okay. So in Fight Club, there is a legendary line when uh, Marla mm-hmm. is uh, getting diddlyed by uh, Brad Pitt's. You know, which, yeah. You know, we find out what's going on. Yeah. And she says a very popular line like, "I have not been diddlyed." Like that since my youth. Yes. <laughs> that is not even close to the quote, but no, I like Yes. <laughs> uh, but the original line was, I want to have your child, but not. Yeah. <laughs> You're butchering these and it's kind of hilarious that's, to that's listen why to I you did doing it. that. <laughs> yeah, no. You the, can just Google it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the uh, yeah, was basically, I want to have your medical procedure. Right. And so the reason why they changed it to something that's probably just uh, as bad or worse yeah. is there was a producer named Laura Ziskin who did not like the original line. And oh, they, yeah. they made a deal. They said, look, we will remove this line, but we will... But you have no say on the next line, whatever other line. We have to keep the next one. one. And that's what happened. She did not like it. (laughs) They're like, sorry, we have to keep it. And that's the, I mean, it's just like uh, if you're playing a board game and you get a reroll, but you have to keep whatever the next one is. That's what it is. And if Mm -hmm. somebody's saying that to you in a bargain, there's no way that the next thing is going to be good at all. Yeah, but I thought that was a hilarious story. And that's why I needed to have it in. Just like, nope, sorry. Uh, But we do know that uh, the first TV's interracial kiss was from Star Trek. Yes. But it was almost censored. Oh. So originally, fun fact, I actually learned this when I went to the uh, what's now the Mopop Museum here in Seattle. Mm -hmm. But it used to be the EMP. And they had this little thing where you put headphones on and you'd scan different, you know, pieces. And then you would hear a history about it. And I remember um, that they said the first interracial kiss was supposed to be between Spock and Uhura. But Shatner's like, well, if anyone's going to be kissing Uhura, it's going to be me kind (laughs) of of a thing. Because he's a weirdo. Because it's Shatner. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was supposed to be a kiss during a scene in which the characters were mind controlled. So, but the network back in 1968 was nervous about two characters of a different race sharing a kiss. So originally, to pacify, you know, the southern affiliates of the channel, the producers were going to shoot an extra scene in which the two didn't kiss. 
But the effort didn't go as planned because Shatner kept deliberately screwing up the take by looking into the camera, making faces, crossing his eyes. And after so many flub takes, the network just ran the scene as planned. <laughs> so thank Shatner for it. That's actually really cool. Like, and it's it's like one of those things you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I just didn't know. And it's, it's like, oops, yeah, sorry, yeah. Just, I'm having an off day. A little bit of a civil disobedience there <laughs> just to uh, deal with the uh, censors. So I, hell yeah. I was there. I wish we had a reel of all those takes. Right. <laughs> That'd be so that would good. be amazing. Oh, my God. That'd be fantastic. Uh, but apparently, uh, you guys have all seen Kill Bill, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, there's scenes where black and white's going on. Oh, yeah. So it was, you know, it's more than just a stylistic choice. So Quentin Tarantino, known for his style, basically just blood everywhere, martial mm-hmm. arts. Um, so it wasn't really a surprise that we saw some black and white footage, just kind of like in the old, you know, kung fu movies and such. Um, everyone just assumed it was an homage to older martial arts movies. Um, but, I mean, it was, but uh, mainly they were just a way to include some of the most violent scenes without censorship. Yep. So Tarantino changed certain scenes to black and white after they were filmed, so the gratuitous blood wasn't quite so visible. So while keeping the scenes themselves otherwise intact, and it worked, and the MPAA allowed Kill Bill to be released with an R rating. And that's the weird thing with the MPAA is that the fact that it's, I mean, it's just it's just a bunch of, like, I think it's just a bunch of literally dudes who are just like, well... We don't like this. And so you have to appease these certain people to get right. the movie out there. But nobody knows who they are. I was watching an Adam Ruins Everything about like how he ruins television. And nope, they're just a good group of parents. And nobody knows who they uh, are in Hollywood. And they just kind of like, okay, this is what we're doing. Wow. See, and it's just like, I like what they did with that because... Uh, when Tarantino made that, I mean, he does, I mean, he he cribs from a lot of stuff, but one of the things he wanted to do is have practical effects. And what it means is that basically people just have like condoms of blood that just explode off of them. And I mean, of food, red food coloring, not actual blood, that'd be horrifying. Ah. Um, but it would just, and it's, it, it, it's so graphic to see mm-hmm. all of that. But if you go black and white and suddenly it's not the red color. Right. Like, you don't know what it is. And I don't remember, oh, I think it was in, in, in Dragon Ball Z. So in the Japanese versions, when they came out over there, they would use blood blood. But if you watch the anime here, like what I did growing up, they had like a greenish blood, like every character. <laughs> so that's how they got by the censorships for a kid's show. Well, you, I mean, if you remember the old Mortal Kombat games, uh, the Genesis had the blood code. Um, the Super Nintendo did not. It uh, flat out had uh, just sweat. Mm-hmm. Like, it was not even, like, blood at all. Yep. And somehow that got across. But they also, like, censored a lot of, like, the fatalities mm-hmm. and a lot of the other stuff as well. Which, I mean, nowadays you look at the new Mortal Kombat. Oof, wow. Yeah, we got rid of those, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Don't really care so much anymore. It, it's interesting how a lot of, like, when you think censorship, you think it's either going to be bad words or, like, nudity. Mm-hmm. But a lot of this has to do with blood. Like, for example, in have you guys seen the movie Taxi Driver or know of it? Uh, yes, I do know of it. That's the old... I watched um, it a long time ago. De Niro. Mm-hmm. Back yeah. in his youth, he looked so young. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, like, uh, late 70s, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, I, th- I believe, uh, oh, Jodie... Jody... Foster? Foster, I think, was in it as a kid. Oh, yeah. As a kid, yes, I yes. think she was, like, a child prostitute or something. Ugh. Yeah. Anyways, Taxi Driver is known for being ridiculously violent. So when the MPAA got its hands on it, they're like, "Okay, you can't do this. You can't do this. So every time they made a request to change the film to make sure it suited an R rating, the filmmakers just sent the sent it back exactly the same with the exception of desaturating some of the blood. 
So oh. it's the same amount of bloodbath. It's just less red. Yeah. And it's just like even going with the black and white or like the mm-hmm. desaturation, it's mm-hmm. just because it's not so vibrant. And red is such like an eye catcher. And I think that's part of it. And right. then obviously with the blood and just having to deal with that. I'm just picturing like Evil Dead just <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. Right. But the funny, even more surprising was the MPAA actually congratulated the filmmakers on the changes they were making. Well, I mean, it's all about perception. Bravo. Right. Yeah, exactly. Good job, guys. Uh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. And if you've never seen The Shining, which, I mean, I've only seen clips slash memes, but I've seen this as a gif. It's that big scene with the red just splashing down. Oh, yeah, coming from the elevator mm-hmm. going down the hallway. So apparently they did not want to let this happen in the trailer. They did, They thought it was too graphic, but Kubrick's like, that's not blood. It's just rusty water. <laughs> well, sure, and yeah. They actually temporarily bought it, but once the trailer resumed airing in theaters, it was again pulled for gore. <laughs> Man, that's one of those ones that I wanted... I- I almost want you to watch, Vicky. I know you'll be it's, terrified, but you can watch it with some friends or something. I saw the 30 Seconds to Mars music video. Same thing, right? Um, sure. No, it's, it's they actually <laughs> took homage, and I, they might even use the same hotel. Uh, in Ready Player One in the movie, mm-hmm. um, they do the Overlook Hotel. I mean, they so they show some of the scary parts in that, um, like the bathtub scene with the, with the woman. So, I mean, it's... It's terrifying and it's it's scary in a lot of aspects, but it's also like a really good psychological horror mm-hmm. side of th- uh, sign of that. And it's just uh, it's just a good movie. Uh, we do have a like a one that is more or less just with excess, like just raunchiness. Uh oh. So do you guys watch? This is the end. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so the entire movie? Yeah. Uh, so not to be confused with uh, the world's end. The world's end that has Simon Pegg mm-hmm. and all that. This is with Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg's, you know, baby. It has uh, James Franco, Jonah Hill, uh, uh, Craig Robinson. I'm blanking on the other guy. Danny McBride. I'm trying to think of what the censors would have been more mad about on that, and I'm wondering if it was either the the Channing Tatum reveal. Or the giant devil with the giant dong. Right. So basically, <laughs> oh, God, I forgot about that. Well, sorry to remind you. <sighs> so the way they made it was originally extra raunchy. So when they're like, oh, no, you can't do this. like, oh. So they added extra words, extra vulgarity, just for the sole purpose of having them removed so that the version that did come out looked tame in comparison. And that was the movie where Michael Sarah gets slapped by Rihanna, right? Yes. And actually, the story behind that is... The, the scene is, like, he's supposed to be kind of like a dirtbag as himself. Yeah. And he slaps her on the ass and she turns around and slaps him because he's like, hey, I'm being a scumbag. And Michael Sarah's like, can I really slap you in the ass? And she said, can I really slap you in the face? And he's like, okay. And apparently they did it like two or three times. And oh, like God. he was like, no, like, give it to me. And she full on walk. And he had to lie down for like 30 minutes because he. I can see that. Like, yeah, because uh, it looked yeah. intense. And I've, like, you know, I've seen him in person. He came into studio mm-hmm. uh, many years ago for Scott Pilgrim. He's a lot Pilgrim. shorter than I thought he'd He's be. a lot shorter, but he came in and you see him out there in his movies and stuff. And he's like walking around in like a hoodie and a backpack. And he literally came in like that. With like a, yeah, his yeah. backpack. And he's a skinny little yeah, he's thing. Just this little dude. So him getting slapped by Rihanna. And having the lay down yeah. afterwards makes absolute sense. So I saw a meme once that said Michael Sarah looks like he accidentally walked in on like into a movie and they just started rolling with it and like <laughs> it was an accident and he just kind of kept, yeah. kept with it. He just kept going. And that's actually what it is. I feel like he just plays himself in all his movies. 
Which actually isn't too bad on that. No, I mean, they're entertaining. Uh, but apparently, South Park got dirtier thanks to censors. Huh? <laughs> Do you guys remember the movie South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut? Who could forget? <laughs> Saddam Hussein and oh. Satan. Oh, God. <laughs> so when, MP, when the MPAA told creators Matt Stone and Trey Parker to cut out some of the dirtier bitch like bits, such <laughs> as sex, a sex scene involving animals and Cartman's mother. Oh, they well. retaliated by adding something they thought was worse, replacing animal-human relationship with Cartman's mother, you know, the Shiza. Oh, yeah. So, almost universally, the MPAA accepted the changes, and even weirder, uh, the original title of the film was South Park, All, Hell's Breaks, All Hell Breaks Loose, was rejected for containing the word hell. hell. But they... Also, you know, didn't really get the, the Appar- new one, bigger, longer, and uncut. Apparently, they don't understand uh, innuendo. No, this is why I do believe nope. that their parents, like, yeah. uh, what? What? No, no, that's fine. That's better. It. Are they just talking about meats? But they didn't say H-E double hockey sticks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.